0: the future of photography.
1: Exploring the ways new technology can help you make fantastic photos. Hey, hello and welcome, this is Chris Markworth with the future of photography and of course AID is with me as usual. Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm good mate, I'm good. I am looking forward to uh, geeking out for the next few minutes cuz I think we've got a science focus episode this <laughs> week, have we? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I'm I I'm, w- while while we're, tr- we're we're always trying to kind of
1: circle this around to what does this mean for the future of photography? Um this is uh something that is definitely a bit more on the on the sciency side. And let let's see how good uh, we can get to that and this has to do with lenses in our cameras now we know that yes there it's possible to take photos without a lens that would be a pinhole camera with all the downsides of uh, having like a very tiny hole and not a, not a lot of light and and and, and the
0: upsides uh, i love pinhole
1: photography oh totally it's fun to play with but you you have to agree that um while while a pinhole photo is sharp throughout it has an in, in uh, in infinite depth of field um, it is kind of uh, infinitely unsharp. <laughs> I mean, it's on <laughs> it every is. point; it has the same level of unsharpness. And and there are ways to 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 make this more sharp, but they usually involve having very long exposures and very tiny pinholes and things. But it is a thing. So that's the only camera that, well, not the only one, but one of the cameras that doesn't need a lens. But then someone at one point invented lenses um, made from glass, ground from glass, and polished. That would help let more light in while still focusing an image on, uh, well, back then a piece of film or even earlier a piece of tin, a piece of glass. And those lenses have been with us forever, pretty much. The, the really early lenses, I think, have been used by people who tended to work more in the dark and... Uh, And this way didn't see much. And some some of those were just just water filled glass balloons that would act as a lens of some sort. But it's been around for a long time, the lens. And one of the ways that a lens, um, well, one of the things a lens does or one of the properties a lens has is that the bigger you make the lens, the heavier it gets. And that's because of its shape, right? That it's made from massive glass and the shape is, well, thicker in the middle, and it just takes up space, and it it makes things heavy. There's so,
0: certainly been a trend, hasn't there, in the last? Well, where do we go back to in this? The mid '90s, maybe? Was it the mid '90s when lenses started getting really big? Telephoto lens, which was a wide-angle lens, because a wide-angle lens was tiny. Well, <laughs> the telephoto and, and, lens was a long, thin drain pipe <laughs> Yeah, but
1: but you had to you had to um, at least if you want uh, a lens that lets a lot of light in, which is beneficial for photography normally then you'd have to have a bigger lens and uh, some manufacturers have started coming up with uh, ways to work around that one is the Fresnel lenses which are pretty much (laughs) uh, which is a thick lens cut into rings and then stacked together in a flatter form factor and you you might have seen in an old lighthouse that's the lenses that are in front of the light um Look, up. we'll we'll link that in the show notes for sure. Yeah,
0: they they used a lot in uh, movie production, in theater production as well, because a Fresnel lens can can focus the brightness coming from a light and and make it perceived to be brighter.
1: Yeah, and it and it can also focus the uh, a photo through a lens. So there are actually some lens designs that have a Fresnel lens built in, and uh, the the advantage of this being flat uh, is slightly counterbalanced by the disadvantage that it also doesn't give the best possible image quality so uh, <laughs> wob-
0: wobbly glass essentially isn't it a fresnel lens is, well, is an intentionally wobbly piece of glass
1: <laughs> either wobbly if they're really thin or if they're a bit thicker they would still have these edges between those different segments of the ring and they would have the light kind of be funnily uh, funnily dealt with in this in these edges which might have some artifacts in terms of contrast and so on but that's, that's one of the things um, that uh, lens makers or camera makers have looked at for a long time. How to make these lenses smaller. Uh, there's a big trend we see towards away from bigger DSLRs towards uh, mirrorless cameras. And one of the reason for that, reasons for that trend is that they are smaller. They are lighter. You have smaller sensors and a smaller sensor doesn't need a lens that is this big. So you have a typically an overall
0: smaller, lighter package. Certainly, and then, certainly my fuji is lighter and smaller than your canon. Oh definitely, definitely. Now the 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 thing here is
1: uh, of course the, the bigger sensors are often favored because they catch more light, they have a different way they render depth of field. So if you found a way to make the lenses smaller flatter not as long for telephoto lens for example and still maintain the image quality and still maintain the ability to use that on a bigger sensor i think that would be a winner and uh, now uh, one company has actually patented a flat lens and that is microsoft and they've done this around a product that they're working on. You might have heard of HoloLens, which is a, has to do with uh, with augmented reality. Um, we're not really going into that, but that's a product that you wear on your head and it's sort of heavy-ish and they're trying to make this smaller. And uh, in, that, uh, in, in that project, they have patented a flat lens and it's not a Fresnel lens. It's a principle that I've heard of several years ago, but now it seems to be the first time uh, that it might be making it into an actual product. Now, what these guys have...
0: Sorry, go ahead. This sounds really interesting to me. Um, And it's, I I guess... Yeah. You know, uh if you think of microsoft as a gaming company i think it is isn't it you know so the Xbox you know, for me, and stuff, yeah 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 so you know this is uh, when we talked before about actually when well, you mentioned before about um automotive technology and how you know formula one and racing you know uh, gives birth to technologies that eventually get applied at the consumer level i think um computer games have an element of that about them as well there's a lot of innovative stuff being done in the production of games isn't there
1: definitely and it's uh, it's one of one of the drivers of of uh of progress in this area now flat lenses um the reason why a lens focuses light is that it it well pretty much has to do with the speed of light so you have you have light going through a medium in this case air first and foremost and then it, it 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 goes from air into glass which is the lens and then it leaves the glass and transitions into another medium again and uh, the speed of light in glass is slower than in 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 air and that makes it kind of bend slightly it bends at that at that transition and then it bends again at the other transition and uh, the 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 bending of that light happens at different angles and a different strengths uh, depending on if it goes through a lot of glass or through a little glass and the lens if you look at it from the side is a little glass at the edges and a lot of glass in the middle and the different angles uh kind of make this work so you have light being slowed down and then being uh getting faster again when it leaves that glass medium now what what they have done is um they have found a system I'm not sure Microsoft found it. I think I've heard about it from some research uh, years ago. Um, but instead of using glass, they built a nanostructure. So a structure out of very tiny pillars. I think of silicon. So you have a pillar, and that pillar um, is so tiny that it is somewhere in the, in the well, smaller than the wavelength of light. And I'm probably not doing a good job explaining this, but this is how I understand it. Uh, and now what they do is they have um, different size pillars, different different diameter pillars uh, in the middle than on the outside. And those pillars will act pretty much, well, well, at least similar to what a glass lens does on the outside and the inside. If, a, if the diameter is bigger, the light will take longer to go through it. And if it's uh, thinner, the diameter is thinner, the light will go faster through it. So you, you by distributing that over the over the the, the, the the extent of this lens or of this flat nanostructure, uh, you can have a very similar effect to what light does
0: when it goes through a lens. That is in some ways above my head, but I think I get the idea. So it's it, it, it's manufacturing at a time it's manufacturing lenses at a much smaller um scale yeah to in in order to get the same effect essentially. it
1: is pretty much chip manufacturing processes like computer chip manufacturing processes that they use for that i think uses it can use the same processes as what a CMOS is which is in many cameras now as the sensor so you have you have this and then they have like two layers of that and they call it the meta surface and so pretty much two sheets of material And then they even have, (laughs) as as I understand it, again, I might be a bit off here, um, but they might even be able to electromagnetic, to, to change the electromagnetic properties of those sheets of materials on demand. So, they might even change. Uh-huh, the, that's interesting. They might even change the lens, so you might even have like a flat zoom lens out of this,
0: and uh, that is interesting. That is very that's, interesting. A like, flat zoom lens is yes. I mean, well, I mean, it's interesting anyway. But a flat zoom lens to various different types uh, or various different areas of, uh, of this uh, very small structure, you could change its optical properties.
1: The, exactly. That's that's my understanding at this point um i think photography is one good place for this uh, if it if it gets this far um the other place i see is um eyeglasses because you know like the 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 eyeglasses that have multiple (laughs) multiple strengths in one
0: glass and yeah um, so yes and that that's interesting isn't it so speaking as a (laughs) four. (laughs) <laughs> oh, same here. You would you, whose, whose eyes are starting to change now? Yeah. Yes, because I mean, uh, yes, not to have to have uh, either uh, either bifocal or very focal lenses right. would be would be interesting. Be able to uh, get you know, change the focus uh, of lenses or
1: multiple it, glasses around your neck and one for close up and one for further away. And this way, you you could have a le- yep, you, could, you could have a pair of glasses that will. Um, Di- not not just be able to to vary its strength by like a little switch or something but um if we, if we go even further um eye detection dif- distance detection kind of technologies which are being developed right now you might have a pair of glasses that automatically focuses where
0: you look do you know where the, what i really think actually um uh becoming popular in the uk now is uh, especially for old eyes yeah so instead of maybe having laser surgery on your eyes or instead of maybe having a cataract removal operation uh to actually have the lenses in your eyes replaced which but happens well, right now but they, they are one focal fo- length right they are one focal length so you typically have to have two eyes with uh what your two eyes with different focal lengths essentially so one of your eyes will be for slightly longer distance vision and one of it be slightly closer vision Um, And your brain, you know, the human brain is a marvellous thing, isn't it? It has the capacity to process that information into something that makes sense. True. but imagine if you could replace the lenses in your eyes with something that we you know, essentially you have variable focus lenses in your eyes.
1: Which we do you, have by default, but yeah, they
0: stop working sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah. mine don't work very well at all. I mean, <laughs> I can't see past the end of my own nose without either contact <laughs> lenses or glasses. So, so you know, and as I say, as a man in my 40s right now, uh, and uh, the the uh, sadly, my short-sightedness is not corrected by the long-sightedness that I'm gaining from being in my 40s. So... <laughs> Which I always think is a cruel irony of some sort. I don't know, but but so yeah, you know, the application to this beyond I'm, this is not the future of medicine, is it? This podcast? Well this it's, is the future of photography, but but the it will go into photography. Enormous.
1: We 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 already okay. Little detour. I think we'll have lots of those in future episodes. But little detour into into eyeglasses is um, and there are there have been three different technologies on the market around that already. One is a very um, a very analog. A way of doing it, and that is that, um, that there are glasses. I think they still make them that are liquid-filled, and you have a little slider on the side to change the pressure in that liquid, and this way to change the geometry of the lens. So that is would be one way. Uh, another one used to be. Um, I think they didn't. They're not on the market anymore. I don't even remember the name. But they had a a pair of glasses with lenses that would electrically change their strength. So you'd have, uh, you'd have, I think, it fixed to two different uh, distances for viewing. And it would switch automatically between those two based on an accelerometer in the lens. And if it, would, it would notice if you're looking down, then it would go to the closer one. If you're looking up, it would go to the further one. And the, third, and the third one is an interesting uh, geometric shape, which is two lenses that are um, on top of each other two thin lenses on top of each other with very weird shapes, but together they would make a proper lens. And then you could slide them uh, over each other. And by changing that, uh, by, by, by sliding them left and right, or by sliding one of them in front of the other, that would change the focal length as well. As well. And I think that is something that uh, is now, um, as if I remember correctly, being... Um, being used for third world countries and being distributed there, because then people can uh, pretty much set the strength of their glasses, and and it's it's easy to manufacture because those lenses can be made from polycarbonate. So there, there are, there have been uh, ideas like that, but this new matter material that Microsoft has patented is um, is takes this to a different level. Now again, it's a patent; it's not a product yet but they want to make uh to put this into to their HoloLens lens to make it smaller. Um but what could this mean for the future of
0: photography? Well, uh, you know, I I know that uh, pancake lens that, that you have for your oh, my, camera. Oh my, my
1: 24 STM that's that's uh, that's so tiny but still the image quality is good but it's still not a flat lens. It's relatively flat but it still <laughs> it's still too big.
0: No, but it it but you know it's well uh, yes, um, but imagine, I suppose, if you could get different focal lengths, maybe even telephoto focal lengths I- in a package that, that size. size oh yeah um, uh and, and and make that work. I'm really interested in the the this um ability of sort of production of of optical materials that can move light around in a different way because yeah you know, one of the things that's really difficult to get in a small package in a digital camera today is a large sensor oh there are there are very few cameras that have large sensors in in a small package
1: as of recording this in at the end of 2017 um smartphones either have very small sensors or they have what we call a camera bump which means the camera is bigger than the smartphone because it's uh it they, they can't they can't build it smaller without sacrificing a lot of quality.
0: Yeah, and 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 we also have the opportunity, I guess, uh, right now to buy uh, what are they called? Premium compacts, I think, is the, is the term for the marketing category for cameras. Um, uh, and there, I'm talking about uh, cameras like the the Fuji X100. Um, uh, or the, uh, the Sony RX one, I think it is, uh, and, and some other brands as well. I think Leica have a couple and, and I think maybe even, um, you know, uh, Canon have a couple of this, uh, at this point, but those are all, those are all compromised cameras in some way. Uh, uh mostly they're compromised by having, uh, a fixed lens, uh, with only one focal length. If they're going to have a large sensor, um, and, uh, you know, if you could make, if, if for these um for these flat lenses or the or the technology being used to it if you could send the light in different directions um and you could catch that light on a sensor it, or you almost have the ability to have a very very flexible camera in a really small package don't you
1: oh and 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 they at this point without the flat lenses they're still doing making a lot of compromise in the, in the uh design of their cameras and lenses uh mm-hmm. the sony rx series for example when when they put a lens on that lens is not a perfect lens in terms of how it how it uh display, how how it it shows the geometry of the scene it is kind of bent and uh that is deliberate because that allows them to create a smaller lens while later changing things in the camera while doing some computation and fixing that geometry in the camera and uh, that that th- these new materials might make it possible to do that without having to do that so you could have a small lens without having to fix the geometry later on because you can pretty much decide what a, what geometry the lens projects into the camera
0: okay so i can clearly see that this is going to be good for spies right because... <laughs> Well, this is this is going to be
1: good for everyone because you can make big cameras less relevant, you know? This
0: is So, yeah. So we've all seen. So okay, so let's go through some of this stuff actually because this is so we've we've all seen movies where James Bond has a and the film in that is tiny. Imagine if you could give James Bond a tiny little camera that he could secrete about his person but had an enormous sensor in it. Yeah, definitely good for spies, right? <laughs> definitely good for spies, yeah. Slightly less frivolously. Um a lot of people near where I live don't like have their fo- don't like having cameras pointed at them, um, because yeah, uh, I live outside of London. Um, London at this point, uh, you know, is uh, it has some troubles with terrorist attacks. Isn't London um, the
1: place that has more cameras than any other city in the world? Like the, 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 okay, surveillance that's the flip, stuff.
0: That's the flip side of this. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's what keeps us safe essentially Uh, but the that's what they tell you (laughs) yeah okay so this is not the show to have that um that that conversation where you expose the german view of data protection and i talk about (laughs) the british view of data protection that is yeah that's another conversation for another time let's make it let's
1: make a different podcast for that
0: (laughs) god that'd be a dull podcast wouldn't it right but that's so um yeah, you know, the you know, if you had a really good camera in a much smaller package, you could effectively you know make better art. Uh, and I'm not talking just about street photography, where people don't like having a camera pointed at them. Um, uh, you, know, they, they were, you know, things like uh, journalism. Um, could be impacted Uh, you know that things like um, event photography you know so imagine how that could help a wedding photographer if if they were if they were able to be more invisible because being invisible as a wedding photographer is quite a skill I'm told true Um, uh, so you know you, you think there's quite a lot of opportunities here um, and, of course, um, when I have my uh, autonomous drone that flies just off my right shoulder and, and captures my whole life, it'd be good to have that in, in good quality. What an what
1: a, what a interesting view of the future.
0: Just imagine everyone had one of those. Well, how is every, how is everybody else in the world ex- expected to appreciate just how awesome I am if I don't video my every move? <laughs>
1: yeah you are awesome that's <laughs> um yeah definitely you're we're making this podcast together you got to be awesome
0: yes it, it so so in a world of <laughs> selfie sticks um that, that will progress to autonomous drones over the next five to ten years um you'll be able to get much better selfies
1: with smaller tinier lighter cameras
0: okay maybe it's not all good <laughs> maybe it's not all good
1: anyway let's wrap this up um there's definitely some interesting stuff going on in the design of lenses I think we'll just keep an eye on that and see how it will change the future of photography until next week take care
0: goodbye you've been
1: listening to The Future of Photography a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt